welcome to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, the podcast that takes you inside the audition room and shares with you stories from the casting suite when it doesn't quite go to plan. We're talking embarrassing stories, nightmare moments or mishaps that caused a performer just to derail their whole opportunity. But we're here to remind you it's okay for that to happen. It doesn't matter. You don't have to cling on to it. You can just email it into our podcast and we can all have a little bit of a giggle. <laughs> it's a therapeutic show that hopefully will provide you with a bit of a, an hour or so's relief from the doom scrolling on the internet. Anyway, my name is Christopher Butler-Walford. I am your host. I've worked in the entertainment industry for about 15 years now. So I've got loads of stories of my own. And each week I invite a guest from the world of entertainment to come onto the show, share your stories with our listeners and also a few of their own from their back catalogue as well. And this week, my guest is from the world of Les Mis. She was on tour with the show last year. Uh, Yeah, my voice cracked then. Uh, On tour with the show last year. She was in the West End with it, with the big uh, all-star concert version over Christmas, which sadly got cut short. It's Corinne Priest. And if you don't know her, not only is she an amazing actor, but she's been making everybody laugh during lockdown on social media with her videos where she applies the Sid from Ice Age filter to her face during songs. One of the funniest things I've seen in ages. She's a good friend and I wanted to come on and give some humour back to her and make her laugh and basically have a chat for an hour. (laughs) That's what this podcast is. A lovely excuse to have a chat with a mate and make you, our wonderful listeners, laugh. And that's right. Our show is packed this week with audition stories and disasters from all corners of the globe. And oh my goodness. There is one particular story, possibly the first story that I, I told her in this show this week, which is... It is a big one, everybody. Buckle up. It includes all of our uh, audition story bingo favourites, bodily fluids, first audition and lack of prep. So good luck. <laughs> it's uh, it's an absolute stinker. Oh, goodness me. But we are here to remind you that even if a stinker of an audition happens to you, it's not the end of the world. You don't need to let your mind stress over it. You can throw it away, move on and get on with the next round of castings that you may be invited to or self-tapes or whatever it is it's always self-tapes now no remember when you used to be able to meet people (laughs) if this is your first time listening to the show then make sure you tag us as you're listening we love to see your instant reactions to the stories as they happen on insta stories especially we're at don't call us pod on instagram and twitter and tiktok now as well for some show clips and if you're listening to the show make sure if you have a story that you think we need to know you email it to us as soon as you can we're don't call us pod at gmail.com all stories are anonymized from our listeners so no one gets you know (laughs) landed in it but they are told for your enjoyment and to prove it's all right for things to mess up so let's get on with the show each week i start the show by asking our guest how they are with auditions what's their relationship with them do they get scared nervous do they enjoy them what do auditions mean to them so enjoy the show i'll be back in the middle and at the end for a bit more news enjoy Okay, so if I get an audition through, I automatically get really excited usually at the at the thought of a, a first round type thing because all my inhibitions kind of go, meaning I'm a bit like, well, this is who I am. I'm just going to do it. There's no pressure. And I, and I tend to, that tends to get me through a first round okay. And then it, it always happens with me is the further I get in the process with quotation marks, <laughs> I... I get worse and worse and worse with nerves. Oh, I do. And I, I really, at the moment as well, if ever I had an audition, I always end up going to a McDonald's nearby yes. or a prep 
because I feel like by the time I've left my flat and by the time I've arrived in central London or wherever I am I always my makeup's kind of gone a bit squiff and I just need to sort myself out so I and I I I hate going to the actual audition place, seeing everyone going to the toilet who look like me, et cetera, et cetera. So I just tend to go to a prep. And, oh, uh, so you prefer to like arrive completely focused on the room, not having to worry about changing into your heels or anything like that and touching up your lip. Exactly. That's, like, that's interesting. I used to, cause I, I learned quite late on that I was that girl or that person that would speak to everyone, give too much energy <laughs> and then forget that oh god right here I go I'm going in and I just didn't have that breath or that like time to just be like right you've got a job to do go in I and so as time's gone on I tend to kind of try and wait until I'm like five minutes before I turn up I kind of sit there for a few minutes and then I go in you know I just want to get it over and done with so yeah I've, I've actually got more nervous I'd say now than before so yeah in, to sum that up I bet those McDonald's toilets on Shaftesbury Avenue, the one on the corner, they've you know it. They've seen many a makeup top up and many a la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. And I, I, I've also got this thing as well. There's something so brilliant about like, I mean, this is a lot to do with my personality as well. But at drama school, you know, you had so many studios to be able to just kind of belt your face off. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, a confined space. I can't think of anything worse being that person in the audition waiting room like yeah you know like really like trying to belt these things like I get really nervous about that so I do yeah and what's brilliant as well about COVID times is that in a mask you can be like on the tube and like no one can see your mouth (laughs) yeah where's that sirening coming from (laughs) you know what I mean but no basically I I get nervous for auditions really nervous bar the first round I kind of don't I don't put the pressure on myself for the first round do you think that's because you then are more invested into each of the productions and stuff? Like you, the more the rounds go, and obviously some some shows, and certainly some shows that you well may well have been involved in, and have a lot of rounds to get to the final job. Yeah. Do you think it's just because you know that you've invested more time in it, well, more of your time in it, that you go, well, actually, I can start to allow myself to care about this a little bit more now. I know exactly what you mean. And it's like, like you said, the closer you get, the more you know that the panel like you and that they think that yeah, you could potentially a... fit. And so you you want to do exactly what you've done before and you want to show yourself that th- my nerves, my, my nerves always get the better of me. And if anything, you should feel more confident the further you get because it means that you're doing brilliantly and you know they see a space for you and you know it always just comes down to logistics and that's something that forever you know that took me forever to learn that it's not necessarily me and what I do I can't control it but um yeah (laughs) I it it does get scarier sometimes it's you but most of the time it's logistics (laughs) (laughs) no yeah true that's true but it is and that's something that I know that our graduate listeners uh hopefully are going to really cling on to is that if you don't, if say for instance you take for something and you think you're right for it, if you don't get it, don't allow yourself to think I was wrong or I did badly. Yeah. It just means that you weren't right for the part, and and they still really like you. Something else might well come up. Yeah, and exactly. when everything comes it... back, there'll be lots of jobs going for everybody. Hopefully, so. Yeah, we pray. Please, please, can there be jobs? <laughs> please, please. I'll clean the <laughs> toilets. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, right, let's get into this week's stories. Are you ready? Okay. Anyone who's listening for the first time, 
uh, remember that every story that has been sent in has been sent in by someone who listens to the show or answered our call out for those times when auditions went wrong for them. All of them are anonymous. We won't name who it happens to or who told the story. And we've taken away any show details, but they are 100% true. They all happened. And good God, do I burn up when I read them. Because <laughs> I've already read them. That's the thing. Any that I'm telling you anyway, certainly the ones that you're going to tell me later, I don't know. But any that I'm telling you, I've already read these and I've already felt how this person must feel. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. Right, let's do it. Would you like to start with a big one? Because I think this is, oh, God, this is awful, this one. Yeah. I, I want to know everything. Tell me. Well, this person sent this in uh, for our episode with Rob Madge a couple of weeks ago, and we had so many stories we didn't have time to put it in because it's quite a long one. So I've got it for you. Are you ready? The legend. <laughs> yep, let's go. Buckle up, listeners. This is a good one. So she starts, oh, my God, I have the absolute worst one. It was the gift that keeps on giving. I went to audition for drama school and thought musical theatre sounded fun. <laughs> I love I'm, I'm, I'm already I'm already laughing. I'm already laughing. Firstly, I got two venues confused and ended up missing a tram and sprinting a good three kilometres to make it there on time. I arrived dishevelled and sweating like a pig. I ran into the <laughs> dance room with a few other very posh and uppity dancers. I asked one girl if I could use her hairspray, and she just kind of laughed at me and didn't give it to me. So I was like, okay, just rock the look, girl. You've got this. I then really needed to pee and the adjudicator let us know we had two minutes to go. I excused myself and sprinted to the bathroom. I got my period and panicked as I had nothing. So literally stuffed my underwear with some tissue. I went back and prayed to Thor the situation down under stayed put. I did a plie or two. And noticed this weird stuff in my tights and realised the tissue had begun rolling up into tiny snowflakes cascading down the inside of my tights. The guy was like, let's begin. And I was like, no, sorry, I've got to go and pee again. Grabbed a tampon from my bag and sorted myself out. Grand, ready to go, she says. <laughs> oh, Lord. So then we began dancing, which, let's be honest, I really can't. This man... <laughs> it's honest... <laughs> This man started shouting French at me and I was doing a balls job of everything and even at one point took one of the other dancers out with my bum. So after that monstrosity, I left and waited for the song bit. There's more. <laughs> really? Is it? <laughs> That's enough. Just cut your losses. Just say, I think this is not for me. They put me in a little private room. They said they were ready for me and I went in. I, get ready, sang Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King. Like, Bye. what the actual F was I doing, she says. And I forgot all of the words and just sang the same words over and over and over. I then had to do a solo dance. Oh, good Lord. Yes, sir. <laughs> I brought my music in on a USB, which clearly didn't work. So I panicked, chose a random song on YouTube, something by Ed Sheeran, and improvised the worst dance ever. What college is this for? I began looking at them and got so panicked, I slowly turned my back and just stood with my back to them, rolling my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I, I finally turned around and flailed around the room, not knowing how to end it. At one point, I did a cartwheel and ended up on the floor and writhed around a bit and rose up somehow aware of how bad it was and just kind of stopped. 
but the music didn't stop, so I just put my hands out and said, ping, like a flipping microwave. I then performed an extremely creepy monologue, which I directed directly into their eyes to try and maybe win back some power and clearly freak them out too much. I then left. (laughs) This is by far the worst audition of my life. I had zero guidance, zero luck, and just remember leaving and started laughing hysterically and then crying. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's a lot to unpack there. There is so many things. We could spend the whole hour dissecting this alone. That's the only story this week. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I mean, first of all, so relatable. Oh, God. Oh, Oh my God. I can literally imagine the dance because I ain't the best dancer myself. And if you've picked a song, you at least kind of... You know, she said she had it on a USB and she's like, well, I've kind of got a flavour of kind of what the genre is and kind of what I'm going to do. And then the fact it didn't work and she had to improvise. It's an Ed Sheeran song. And she's kind of just like, I mean, the back with the shoulders really got me. I think I may have added like a little like turn back to the (laughs) audience, you know, try and look at them at least. But I could imagine her just literally just standing there rolling her shoulders like she's warming up. (laughs) Not not paying any attention, just going, yeah, this look this looks amazing. They're going to love this. (laughs) What oh, does that show them? Her. Does that show them that she's got good shoulder flexibility and that's it? She's good shrug acting, she's good extra work. That's good. Yes, yes. Yeah, she's she's nimble. No. <laughs> she's nimble. She's <laughs> a fan of Disney, although is she because she doesn't know the words? Yeah. She's got acro skills in a cartwheel, so that's that box tick. That's fine. Yeah, brilliant. I say acro. And and what about the um what about the tissue in her tights? I'd just be like, "Oh, that's fine. Well, <laughs> good for them." I mean, I suppose if she if she was clinging on to the fact that they only had two minutes, a quick problem solve. Again, as a guy, not know that situation happened. Nothing, you know, nothing like that's happened to me. But she's thinking on her feet. Yeah. But then instantly realised it was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, it ain't great. And as soon as those like two plies happen, you just think. I can't imagine that being the most comfortable of situations. No, I don't think so. The friction burn. Oh. Good Lord. I think that is the most snowball story that we've had. Yeah. Started out, you know, you're late. You know, you missed your stuff. You've run in, you're sweaty. We've all been there. That's, yeah, yeah. That's relatable 100%. for everybody. And then it just yeah. got worse and worse and worse. And absolutely correct. Whoever you were that sent that one in to lovely Rob to read out to us, that definitely was the story that kept on giving. So <laughs> it's it's the worst feeling in the world, and that to me sounded like a sketch from Fleabag. You know, like <laughs> Waller Bridge. It just ah. keeps getting worse. And you know what? She prevailed, and the fact that she could laugh about it as well. You know, she got a sense of humour. That is literally what you need, isn't it? You've got to exactly. be able to laugh at yourself. That's the whole point of the show. If this happens to you, I'm so sorry. But also, if it happens to you, please email it in because yeah. I need to tell people. Let us laugh together about you. <laughs> <laughs> with you. With you. <laughs> yeah, with you, at you. With, with you. A little bit about you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had an audition where it just layer after layer, everything started unravelling? <laughs> Maybe not to that extent. But it, has there ever been a time in your uh, career of auditioning that you've just gone, that started the day off and then dominoes fell and everything just balls up? Because I have. <laughs> I've had many of them in my life. Know, I haven't had, like, I haven't had a snowball effect of an audition where it's just gone wrong and so many things. There's just been some, like, 
really awkward things that have happened and I just try and brush them off and I just never hear back. I'm trying to think <laughs> oh, like... That's worse when you don't hear anything and you know something went wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, that wasn't great. I, I remember I had an audition years ago uh, for a, a very popular show and I did okay and they told me I was on and off the table. So I was kind of quite far into it. And uh, I did that classic thing of I wasn't very well. That classic thing that oh, genuinely no. does happen. It does genuinely happen, you know. You get an audition and you're not feeling great and you, your voice gets affected by it. But I thought, I'm not going to be that person that's like, oh, I don't, I, sorry, agent, I don't feel very well. Um, so I went and I had to do this really, really big bit. And they wanted to keep hearing it over and over again. And it was all of them there, casting director, director. And I just sucked so hard. And I knew I was rubbish. I'm my own critic anyway. And any actor can relate to that. Oh, and I started crying. No, no. I started crying. I know, I'm, I know this is funny. Like, this is supposed to be funny. And I want you all to laugh. But yeah, I just, I sucked. And what's worse is that the part that I was originally up for, they'd actually kind of already chosen her that day. And she was in the room as well. So I was really embarrassed because it was like, well, there was about three of them, like the love interest. And they were just kind of watching me absolutely fail. And so that that sucked. And then I remember oh. not having a great day after that. Oh, no. Well, that's it. It can, it, oh, God, we said this so many times in the show. These instances, for, certainly for anybody listening who hasn't been in, in, uh, you know, the professional audition space, and certainly not maybe for musical theatre. Maybe we're talking today a little bit more about musical theatre. Mm -hmm. Some of these auditions can be like five minutes of your day. And, not, yeah, and yeah. that's it. This is five minutes of your day that you are given to prove everything that you can that you're right for this job. Or certainly that's how it presents itself mentally to us. Yeah, already I'm stressed. That is an insane amount of pressure to put on oneself and also you know it, it, it may well not be that the the casting team and the panel and the producers feel that for you but because there's never any communication between the two sides other than email to management saying we'd like to see this person for this role this is what you've got to do you just allow your mind to race ahead so they may well have thought actually it's all right we can tell you're not feeling very well we know you can do it we know you're doing this but because you never have that conversation between the two sides yeah. How are exactly. you possibly going to let anything other than your mind just just implode on itself and cry? Yeah. And you know that that casting director actually did get me a job in the end in a different show. So that's brilliant. So I know that they had faith, but yeah, yeah naturally I felt really sorry for myself that day. <laughs> I was just like, oh gosh. I think that's something that certainly during uh, the old Panny D times, we've as a as a kind of collective and as a community we've started to go do you know what if you're not feeling well it's okay not to do it and it's okay not to go in or it's okay to drop them a message and say i'm really not doing well today my voice is absolutely knackered i'm not going to give you the best representation that you need for today here's a self-tape of me doing it instead or here's this or i'll i can sing for you on another day it's all right it may not be possible but at least you it should be acceptable to say it's not going to happen today obviously yeah if it's legit, don't be going and cancelling your auditions at last minute, people. You just don't want the job. That's rubbish. No. You've robbed yeah. someone else. But if you wake up and uh, certainly at the moment, health and safety, top of the everyone's list. Yeah. It's all right if you're not feeling well. Don't force yourself into a show if you're, you know, you're coughing and spluttering. Well, definitely not at the moment. But 
Yeah, I mean, but that that that's like one audition where at least I actually, you know, had that as a reason to why I sucked. You know, that that was a genuine reason. You know, I didn't feel great. I couldn't hit what I usually could because it took, you know, it took the top end of my voice. Whereas all the rest of my terrifying rubbish, you know, audition stories are purely I have only myself to blame. <laughs> And we'll get to them. <laughs> this is why I knew that I wanted you on the show. Not because I knew you'd have stories, just because I knew that you'd be able to laugh at yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's give you another story then. Okay. This is a very short one. Uh, and this was sent in to our Instagram uh, DM. So if you've got a story for us, you don't necessarily have to email them to us. Head to us at Don't Call Us Pod on Instagram. Slide into our DMs and we can have a chat there. And I will add them anonymously to the show. And this, oh, oh, oh this is a good, this is. Oh. I've only got one question for this person. And it's why? Huh. <laughs> he says, I was the resident on a big West End show. A nameless show which has many fans. Uh I sat on the panel for a cattle call open. A chap came into the stage, yes, an audition on a real stage in a real theatre, and gave his music to the pianist, who looked confused. The auditionee marched to the front of the stage and yelled the teddy bear's picnic at us. Turned out the pianist looked confused, as he hadn't been given sheet music. He'd been given a sheet of folded up wallpaper. What? Sorry? The auditionee didn't give the pianist sheet music. He pretended to and gave them some folded what? up wallpaper. Yeah, but the wallpaper. <laughs> it's just so, it's just, what? Why? I what? I do not understand. <laughs> if you, I wonder. You sat at the piano. Yes, yes, I'm doing, I'm doing uh, this song. Thank you. And you open it and you go. Where's the? With some music, you know. I'm do you think to stick this on my wall? <laughs> do, you, do you think they maybe did what you did in the old days, where you covered your textbooks in like wrapping paper to protect? The yeah, 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 sure. They thought they'd done that with the sheet music, but just forgot to add the sheet music. I don't know, but yeah, maybe oh, it was that. Why? Why? And why? Let's hope the pianist knew the song. Well, I don't. The, the person doesn't say whether the pianist tried to play anything, but if they shouted the teddy bear's picnic, why would you go into a massive West End show, which everybody knows, and sing the teddy bear's picnic? <laughs> oh my! God. <laughs> I reckon I'm going to say it was an honest, honest mistake. It was an honest mistake. Do you think they 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 maybe were egged? I I need to know more about this one. This is this is yeah, one of the first you said ones. It was an open absolutely flummoxed me. Yeah, cattle call was the phrase used um, yeah. by by the story sender. Um, I yeah. I oh, if that had happened when I was on the panel, I would have had to stop and walk out and just go. Could you please? Can you explain what you did there? Yeah, I'm not berating or any anyone for choosing to sing a nursery rhyme. But exactly. I kind of, I kind of am. <laughs> it must have been a joke. Must have been a joke. But maybe they thought, you know, they were thinking outside the box. It's something to remember them by. Things like that. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe. That is the most confused I've ever been about a story that got sent into us. Yeah, that is. That is. I mean, wallpaper. Like I, that's not something I have around. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd give them my business card or something at least. <laughs> oh, you know, if I didn't have sheet music prepared. Just put loads of headshots on it. Loads of headshots on it. It's just pick a tune, any tune. <laughs> I 
I'm not going to be able to let go of that one. Tell me of a time where it was your fault then. (laughs) Um, All right. I got one. I've got two. One's very quick. Um, It was my first ever audition out of drama school. I was really excited. It was my first audition from an agent as well. So I really wanted to impress them. And I'd actually been lucky enough to do the reading for this musical. So I'd kind of already got my foot in the door, you know. Got in. Oh. You know, and I thought, well, I've done the workshop and, you know, I smashed that. So what did you do? And sure enough, the audition came for like to put on that show with the same uh, creative team. And it got to kind of the day before. And, you know, when you just get a thought and it hasn't come. To, I, I, I had weeks to prepare and I just had the thought the day before. And I don't know why it was like some, you know, calling. It was like, Corin, check your emails. And I checked my email again and I realised that there was an attachment of like, oh, you know that thing, material. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And there was like, you know, a song and there was a back and track for said song and the sheet music. And I hadn't, because it was just a reading, I hadn't kind of like sung any of the songs. And it was like, please prepare some songs. And I was like, oh no. And so I... What did I do? I would never do that now, but I actually rung my agent and was transparent. And I said, look, I haven't actually learned the material. And they were like, right, okay. Probably thought like question mark on my name. And I had to turn up to this audition and they were such a lovely team. And I could tell that they really liked me. And I just kind of had Uh to be like, hi. So um, yeah, and they were like, so we're aware that you don't know the song. We've been told that from your agent. And I was like, "Mm And it was actually the lovely composer who you and I would both know very well, actually. And the composer was there just playing along. And he was like, oh, you know, it's like this. And I was like, okay. And obviously I was terrible and I didn't get the role because I didn't prepare the material. That was stupid. Always check. I was gutted because it was I loved that show I loved that show but um yeah so that was a shame so that was my material story which is kind of like rule number one you know make sure you're prepared it is I just didn't clock that maybe that in the professional world when you audition you don't necessarily just sing stuff in your rep you sing songs from the show yeah I do know that's a very good point I (sighs) granted I (laughs) my auditioning days were a long time ago now but I (laughs) I don't think I'd started get, getting sent material for things for a while because it was like that it was yeah take take a song that suits the show and when that started happening I mean, I mean I'm quite musical anyway so it's not a, it's not an issue for me to learn sheet music but for a lot of people it is and that tight turnaround could still be a week that's tight for some people to learn stuff certainly if you're trying to you know hold down a job or you might be out on tour or in another show already if you don't read music as well as other people that's 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 hard. You know, I'm not getting into the old yeah. Twitter debate about whether you should learn to read music or not. That happened. But it's a very useful skill to have. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Very useful. No, skill. it does. But if you don't have the ability to do that, you can't even quickly like blitz over it on the tube on the way there and sight read no, it in. I, I, I was really inexperienced. And I, like I said, I'd left it, you know, the day before, maybe even the morning of. And, oh, I just I just knew I was in the doghouse, you know, and it was an opportunity wasted. Yeah, but a learning one, a learning one. A, le- a learning one. <laughs> you learn um, to choose not to learn the material now. <laughs> <yeah>. uh, <laughs> now you're just like, oh, I'm better than that. <laughs> no, sir, I just don't have the time. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did it once, didn't like it, move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Hello, Christopher here. If you're listening to our show and you would like to know more, then find us on social media. But more importantly, if you think as you're listening, you go, oh, I've got a story like that. Oh, this happened to me once. Then make sure you email it into the show as soon as you can so that we can get it into our next record with a wonderful guest. Our email is don'tcalluspod at gmail.com or you can slide into our DMs on Instagram especially and also Twitter at don'tcalluspod. That's don'tcalluspod at gmail.com or socials at don'tcalluspod. Now, back to the show with Corin. Shall I tell you then a story about somebody else who learned a bit of a lesson before they went in to, an, or rather after they went in for a, an audition oh, for a right. show? Yeah, hit me. <clears throat> Now, I've done a lot of casting, like we said many times in the show before. I have had a similar instance to this, but I don't think I reacted the same way. But uh-huh. I, I would say sometimes it's important to um, learn the lesson this person learned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact, that's what she says. She says, a lesson to myself was learned when I went in for a big musical. It was a big show the Broadway transfer to the West End kind of show. Wow. And I I got brought in to audition for a supporting lead. Lots of sass, belting and attitude. My kind of show. Modern and with a great following. But I decided to get my hair done the day before. I'm known for making decisions on a whim, a tattoo here, a piercing there, but I had a complete restyle and went from bright blonde, natural, to almost scarlet red and even shaved a little bit at one side. I just wanted a change. I didn't think too much of it, as I'd have to wear a wig in the show anyway, and they'd want to see me, right? I get to the audition. They were running behind schedule, of course they were, so I waited in the room with five other girls who looked exactly like I did before I'd had my hair cut. I stood out like a rosy red sore thumb. When my turn came, I walked in and went over with my music to the pianist. I belted out my best get out and stay out, because of course I did, and nailed it. Mm -hmm. I felt amazing. After, though, the panel were quite confused and asked me my name again. They furiously looked through their CVs on their table. I could clearly see mine on the top. It turns out I now looked so different to my headshots that they thought I'd crashed the audition and I was someone completely different. I got a swift telling off for not looking like my photo as I now didn't match the casting for the role they wanted to hire for. I left with my tail between my legs and received quite an angry phone call from my agent about an hour later saying the panel weren't impressed at all and had effectively wasted their time. I'd love to know your thoughts on this as I still feel rotted about it now, (laughs) but I learned not to change my hair the day before a big musical without telling anyone. Well, (laughs) R.I.P. Now, that is, ooey. I, if someone had come in with bright red hair, shaved on one side, and I was looking for someone, what, who looks very similar to you with blonde hair down to me with their shoulders. Like gorgeous, beautiful, model looking. Full of character. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I know what that means. (laughs) I've I've had it all my life, don't worry. Uh, no, but if I if I expected one thing to come in look wise, and someone else completely came in, and I hadn't been prepared for that, to the point that clearly she looked very different, I yeah, that's a tricky one. That is a tricky one because it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter at all. However, it's back to that communication and conversation between two sides of the panel. You don't yeah. necessarily know what they want and what how they're looking at casting something. So even though the show might pre-exist somewhere. It doesn't necessarily mean that's who they're going to look for over here. 
Yeah. And so, I think if you're going to go for a statement, like, um, you know, like you said, shaved head or like a big, bold color, then you want to get a headshot that represents that because that's perfect for other jobs. And mm. even though like she, she is absolutely right. And I support the fact that she'd be in a wig anyway. Yep. It just kind of, um, it is a bit confusing if it's, if it's something so different, like, like a, like a color of red. Yeah, you say, you know, if you're going, if you're going from like maybe long red hair to a pixie cut, that's a big change. Mm. Again, covered by wig, no problem. But I suppose I don't know how long ago this was. This story, you could e- these this day and age, you could take a really nice photo of yourself and just email it over. Say, just an FYI, bit of an image change yesterday. This yeah. is what I look like now. I'll see you tomorrow. And then actually, that might even give the panel the chance to say, well, you don't represent who we need to cast anymore, so I can give that opportunity to someone else, which may or may not be the right thing to do, but at least you then have... They both have options, I suppose? Exactly. Yeah, like, transparency is the best thing. Like, you know, the fact that she could do that, change your image, like, we all do it, that's fine. But you've got to try and, like, imitate kind of who you look like on the picture because that's why they brought you in and it is from it's from the headshot really i'm i mean i'm completely bald now and i wasn't before before all this and i, I love I, you're perfect <laughs> i had to oh it's a long-standing mental health relationship with my hair but we won't get into that uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i had to send a photo of myself to someone and even the photo that we use on the podcast each week that's not how i look anymore <laughs> i don't look like that i've got you know proper like wet shaved head now that's how I look. I and somebody asked for yeah. a photo of me the other day for a thing. And I'm like, oh, that's not me anymore. <laughs> yeah, to be to be fair, I think we can all say the same thing. You know, like last time I had a photo done, my hair was kind of a bob. Now it's long. I've got roots. And, you know, it is what it is. But they, they can't blame you right now in this current climate. Oh, not think, now. No, know, no, no. In general, you want to look like your headshot a little yeah. bit. You know, it, there's nothing wrong if it... it, it, it you just want it. A big, a big hair colour change is probably not the yeah. best thing just to get them on side. <laughs> I'd say I've literally just wa- um, got, got like some headshots booked in actually um, for next week. And I'm really excited because, you know, my hair is got roots and it is longer. And I, I, I'm, you know, now that I've got lamers on my CV, I'm more, you know, I would love to do something funny, um, you know, more comedy. So it is that thing of like, right, how do I go about this now? Like, you know, you can just put the SID filter on every photo and then you'll be fine. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm yeah. actually. Uh... Yes, I can. <laughs> yeah. Someone actually sent me a birthday card of Sid. Like, <laughs> they put my face in it. It was like, happy birthday. I was like, oh my God. Listeners, if it's you don't brilliant. know what we're talking about, uh, I'll put the links. I'll put links in the episode description because oh, the the Sid videos have been one of my favorite things in this entire last year because That's your, great. your timing they... on them is superb. And every time you pop another one on Instagram or Twitter, I just go, Jess, she's done another one. (laughs) She runs downstairs straight away and just absolutely wet ourselves because it's my kind of stupid comedy. (laughs) And I absolutely love it. But the thing is, that clearly isn't what the Instagram filter was made for, but you've owned it. (laughs) I know that person's probably like, who is this person that keeps using it? (laughs) <laughs> and I love it because it is. Hey, it's stupid. really popular in one postcode in London. It's, <laughs> it's it's so true. And people still people comment sometimes, being like, "You make really weird faces when you sing." I'm like, "Oh, bless you." I was like, "You think that's me singing?" <laughs> How do oh, you make like, your oh. eyes go as wide as your ears? <laughs> yeah, I was like, Christ. but my 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 boyfriend. You know, you're the biggest fan. You say my boyfriend absolutely hates it, and my friend, my, <laughs> my, my close friends, people that know me, hate it. They say that they skip through it. I'm like, well, cheers. 
Thanks. That's probably because he. <laughs> it's probably because when he's dreaming, he'll roll over, wake up next to you, and you just go. <laughs> Do you know when I started the concert, a few people had said, "I just keep expecting your eyes to like." <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm just ah! expecting you to look like this sloth, and I'm like, great. Okay. It's how you get those high notes so, yeah. when you're not feeling well. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you get sent any this week when we told people that you're coming on the show? Uh, yeah, I got sent a few, which <gasps> is hilarious. Um, this, I okay. love that this has started happening because this hasn't been a thing before where people send really? them to our guests. And it happened with Rob on Rob Badge's episode. And I love it because I don't know what you're going to tell me. And any any that you sent in that we don't get to do this week, I'm going to pop in next week's show. So they will be told to a guest, a wonderful guest, if we don't get them in okay. this week. I've got this one. So I was on my way to Pineapple Dance Studios and I went to M&S to get some water. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, there's an M&S literally opposite Pineapple. It's just a ritual thing. And on the way out of the shop, I opened the water sport cap with my teeth. My front tooth was <gasps> flicked off and fell on the floor. <laughs> Six years before, I had broken my front tooth in a sporting accident. Nightmare. Anyway, I got into Pineapple. I cleaned the veneer forward slash cap and put it back in my mouth so I didn't have a missing tooth in my audition I went into the room and there was a very famous female tv personality alongside a few other industry professionals before singing I politely asked if they would mind me removing my tooth so I didn't spit it at them whilst belting <laughs> in their face sure enough they giggled and said of course I finished the song and put it back in smiled and left I mean I don't know how but I got a recall <laughs> It was because they know you need to pay for a new tooth. That's why. I mean, I want to know what the song was. What song? If it was suddenly Themor, I think that would have been really good. All I want for Christmas is my tooth front teeth. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The, the thing is, good, that's a good one. The tooth coming out before the audition, that's enough. But you, you kept with it and you knew it was yeah. going to happen again, whoever you are. Oh, that that's golden. Me. And, and this one is from a friend of mine. This one killed me. She was also at Pineapple Dance Studios. Okay, it's always pineapple. And she, oh. unlike me, yeah, didn't go to prep. She decided to go to the toilet in Pineapple to sort herself out. And she dropped her phone in the toilet. Oh, Nightmare. no. So she went to the beloved, no longer M&S on the corner. And she put her phone and she bought this bag of rice. <laughs> so she went into... She went into the audition and she said, sorry, ignore the rice, but I dropped my phone in the toilet. And they went, no worries, no worries. And anyway, she kind of sung her song. And then afterwards, of course, she goes to pick up this bag of rice and it falls all over the dance studio. <laughs> she said it was an absolute damage. She said she heard nothing. So I was, oh, imagine. <laughs> all you know, you hear... That's funny, but what an inconvenience. All you actually hear is just... You know, think of the insurance. Every audition that comes in, they slip over rice. And imagine if you oh, had a dance no. call that afternoon. <laughs> on that, on that, like wooden panelled floor you get in a church. Sometimes, obviously, it was pineapple. But imagine if it was on like that slightly dusty already floor. Why oh. would you take a bag of rice in? Just leave it with your friend outside, or even leave it. Leave it can, I just, can I just leave this at reception for five minutes so I don't look yeah. like an absolute insane person taking in some cooking? <laughs> <laughs> she uses it as like a. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it was a fussy routine, then she'd be all right. She could put some sound effects in. It's fine. Yeah, it's my metronome. Sorry. <laughs> oh, dear yeah, me. nightmare. That's. Um, I, I don't think I ever would have imagined something like that happening. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
That's brilliant. Oh, God. Yeah. I've got one more from friends, and then I've got a few of my own. That are just very quick, like, awkward ones. I love it. The awkward. I think the awkward ones are the best because you don't really end up feeling anything after it other than just, ah! you know, it's like they're just sometimes those those ones that just leave you kind of feeling you like it's almost like you're suspended in the moment and you're just looking out at it from a different perspective going what on earth yeah. why did i do that why did i do that i could have done anything else i just have to cancel and continue now i just whenever <laughs> something goes wrong i have to just go right forget about it like it did not happen and that's why self-tapes are so hard because you have to like you you yourself have to critique and go well that's good enough that's the best version of me whereas in a live audition you know you you don't know how it goes and you just <laughs> go for it all right Hit me with them. I mean, I'm really enjoying this. I don't have to okay. do any of the research of the stories. They get sent into our guests. It's a great, it's a lovely turn for 2021, I must say. <laughs> okay, so this one was, um, he was auditioning for a competition in order to, to get some money to pay for his drama school. Okay. So it was like that. And he decided to sing What Do I Need With Love from Thoroughly Modern Millie, an absolute banger for mm -hmm. a male. Um. And he said that he, he's never then had this in his career since this incident that happened. And he said uh, it, it was kind of in this dingy place around Marleybone. And he was like, that's fine. I can work with this. So he, he put on the backing track because there wasn't a pianist. And he started. All the places I would like to show you. Where, where, where would you like to show me? Um, famous sites I want to hear you <gasps> seeing. What, New York City, Paris? Tell me. And... He just said that the person opposite was giving him like big eyes and really encouraging him with kind of like acting choices, you know, improvising, trying to get a response. And he was just like, what on earth is she doing? Like it, he said it was so off her thing. And I honestly, oh, I'd really struggle, I think. That's weird. That's so strange. It's like I know. You've, you've accidentally tapped the director's commentary button on your DVD. <laughs> I mean, we're used to kind of, you know, they say, oh, you know, sometimes they're not interested. Whereas this one, he just said, he, you know, she was going, ooh, ah, oh, like, tell me more. And he was like, um, <laughs> I need to hear the back and track because I, I can't get through it. That is, w that's very that is strange. Yeah. How weird. Oh that was a funny God. little one that someone sent me and I thought, oh my God, I don't know what I do in that situation. I mean, I I wouldn't know whether to respond, whether to look at them or I would just try and get through it. But, yeah, you stick, know, stick in no the moment. warning, I think. <laughs> There's no warning. That's just so scary. you know. Bef before you start, I'm also part of this solo, so it's... yeah, you know, you'd be like, oh, okay, you know, expect the unexpected, as they always say. But yeah, that was really something that I found quite funny. Oh, <laughs> that's great. That's great and weird at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time. In terms of uh, an audition that I had, it was kind of a recent one-ish. It was for a pantomime. And I actually was auditioning for this during uh, doing another show. And I was up for a princess role and it went really, really well. And that was it. And then I headed to my theatre to do a performance. Now, this show was the total opposite to obviously a pantomime where primarily the target audience is a family. It's family fun. There'll be children all around. Whereas I was playing, if you think like a Regina George Karen you know, mean girl, Karen, blonde, <laughs> yeah, Karen, but not in a complaining way. I was kind of like, you know, this teenage popular cheerleader type a bit, thing. A bit bratty. And long story short, I had to um, 
be banged on stage in a certain position. And it was very not adult friendly. Um, and it was fine. I also had to have a baby which had a ginormous, uh, as you can imagine, beep. So it was a really <laughs> weird, like great fun adult musical. So it's the total opposite. And I kind of, we were doing the show and I looked in, it was, it was, um, it was a very kind of small intimate theater that you'd know of. And I looked in and I saw the two directors of the pantomime were sat there. <gasps> and I thought, you're joking. They just happened to have tickets for the show where I'm about to get bonked on stage on all fours. And I've just auditioned this this today for a princess. <laughs> so anyway, I was absolutely, you know, haunted by this. But obviously you get on with it. And I went and saw them afterwards. They were at the bar and I kind of was like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> surprise, something a bit different for you. I'm very versatile. <laughs> and, you know, they actually told me they were like, we'll see you tomorrow then. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I, I didn't hear anything. And uh, the actual casting director had forgot to send me a recall or maybe they just made up their mind there and then they thought oh we, we feel so sorry for her let's bring her in again tomorrow <laughs> but that was a that was a really weird experience for me I was so embarrassed it's a very very strange phenomenon especially when you've auditioned for somebody so recently as that afternoon Literally. When you clock someone that you recognise in the front few rows of an auditorium, it's certainly in a smaller, intimate venue. Yeah. It is something that, I mean, you have to train yourself to do it, but the first kind of time that happens, you're not ready for it. And if it's someone that no. you've spent the entire day devoting your, you know, you've devoted your day to them, to throw it away, as we've said so many times this show that you kind of do after your auditions, to then instantly have that moment oh my god there's brian and steve oh no oh look what it it does remove you from that moment and that's, that's hard to kind of escape from oh yeah dear. i just i just wish you could have i wish you would have been able to see the show and the type of things i was doing in that show because it like my decorum was out the window it was really in your face and you know i'd sung a song from greatest showman i think was there chosen song for this princess you know and so the contrast I just thought how I'm not going to get the job now am I if they they see me as this a bit mature maybe <laughs> for our audiences oh dear but I quite like that and they obviously got you back in like you said if if the decision had been made to not get you back in and then they changed their mind I mean, in favor you of you that's good do you know what? It was a good job they came and saw it because, you know, they made out to me. They said, no, we, we gave you a recall. So the casting director just, if I hadn't have seen them, I wouldn't have turned up to this recall that I apparently had. Pretty good. I like it. So that was, Is hooray. It, stories that end on a positive don't count. I don't... <laughs> yeah, true. Let someone wets themselves. Not interested. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. So the final story I have for you this week. Okay, hit me. Is, and I genuinely didn't uh, plan this, is about an audition for a panto. <laughs> hey. It's like, right, so audition story bingo on Don't Call Us, We'll Call You is first audition at a drama school, mm -hmm. a panto, a commercial, mm -hmm. or seemingly, if the last few episodes are anything to go by, alcohol's involved. Oh, goodness. He says... <laughs> Inspired by confessions of bad audition behaviour, Christopher, I wanted to share with you my worst. 
A few years ago, I was cast in a show in North London, and I have no idea how I got the job. <laughs> I went in for the part, sang and read, and all was great. I was invited back for the dance call the next day. This was a bit of a shock to me, but I didn't have anything going on, so I agreed. Said I'd see them tomorrow and went home for the day. That afternoon, my girlfriend at the time told me she was singing at a late night cabaret in Soho on a Monday night. You know the one. Uh-huh. So I thought I'd go ahead and support her with a couple of pals, but not have a late one as I had the dance call the next day. That plan went out the window as soon as we got to the cabaret. Before the show, there'd been some kind of indie guitar band music launch in the club. And as we arrived to take our seats, the previous occupants were packing away their stuff. They'd left a bottle or two on the table, unopened, so we asked them if they were theirs. Oh, you can have those. We, we don't drink that kind of stuff. And they smiled and left. It was really kind of them, leaving a couple of drinks from their event unopened for the next people so they don't go to waste. Did I mention yet that these bottles of drink were litre and a half bottles of Grey Goose vodka? Well, one thing led to another, and my choice of not a late night went out the window faster than you can say kinky cabaret. The night was brilliant. A great lineup, singers, a drag queen, lots of usual suspects that you see at these nights. And my girlfriend smashed it. The crowd absolutely loved her. And it being a super stagey night, lots of pals kept turning up and it turned into quite the session, including me finishing an entire bottle of this gifted vodka all to myself. I became really loud, supportive, and I think the poll was visited on numerous occasions. We got home really late. And I was woken promptly by my alarm the next morning. I couldn't work out what it was. And then I checked. It said, dance call. I panicked, rushed to grab my stuff and get out the flat and run for the train. I was, of course, still reeking of booze and a mm -hmm. late Monday night. I got to the theatre for the call. How? I do not know. And went straight into the meeting. The audition was basically the first number of the panto. So lots of big energy, walking on sunshine vibes... <laughs> This did not match my head, stomach, or audio processing level in any acceptable state. <laughs> in fact, I was an absolute state. And again, absolutely stinking of booze. Nobody said anything during the call, but I know that they noticed, as I could see the grimaces, and there were only a handful of us in the room in the first place. Oh, no. I was swaying whilst we stood still, spinning clearly at half the pace I should have, and weirdly, I think, grabbing onto my partner a bit too tightly as we danced <laughs> together. <laughs> the world was blurry and I was sweating, pushing the remnants of this entire bottle of vodka-induced unprofessionalism further into this unventilated dance room. <laughs> the call finished and we were thanked, and most people ran outside. I just about got through it. I slumped into a heap on the side of the room and let the room catch up with the spinning in my head. Oh. I went to slowly stand up and get my stuff. It was just me and the director of the show left. And he looked over to me and said, You all right, Martin? Yeah. Head's just a bit fuzzy, that's all. I expect so. Necked a bottle of vodka last night, were we? I, fr I froze. How the... Just so you know, the only reason I didn't ask you to leave... It's because I'm also absolutely hanging. Great night, right? He said. It turns out he was the drag queen performing at the show and recognised me in the crowd and called me out on my excessive partying the night before. <laughs> Thank God he was a nice guy about it. I've never done that before and never did it since and I would not recommend it. I actually ended up getting the job and the director yeah. never mentioned it again. 
Oh, that's, that's a great story. That's oh, great. dear. There's eyes everywhere. <laughs> Do you know what? That just goes to show that the panel, like, they, they literally like, well, he's up for a laugh. He'll be great in the show. Yeah. And the commitment to know that he still turned up the next day. Do you know what I mean? Like, what a legend. I can just imagine him, though, kind of, like, <sighs> off balance the whole time. Just, like, I'm holding walking on, to his on sunshine. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> oh my god. I thought that was a great one because again, learnt the lesson, but can laugh at it and remind yourself that look, it's naughty naughty for it happening, but mm-hmm. but there's a funny side to it. And I love the fact that the director hadn't said anything while anyone else was in there because they clearly knew yeah. that it isn't that person's vibe because <laughs> yeah. they couldn't stand up. Oh my goodness! And I... it just goes to show as well that the panel are human, and they oh they... absolutely. But he was also very lucky in the sense that the the director who was the drag queen also like just happened to be there, whereas most of the time they won't have that hangover and they will be expecting you to perform at your best. Oh yeah, oh yeah, this absolutely sounded like a one-off. Let's not get this into yeah, being a yeah. thing. <laughs> but that that worked in his favour. <laughs> I love it. love it. It was a longer one, but I love it. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a good one. Before we let you go, we always ask our guests what your audition edition would be. Is there something that you would like to add to the process that you would that that would make it a bit funnier, a bit more entertaining for you, for the panel, for both, or something that you think this needs to be a thing going forward after the pandemic? What would be your audition edition? So for me, I think I just want something to make it feel like more of a free, playful rehearsal space rather than that I need to stand in the middle and kind of deliver a song and feel very military and formal about this. I've, I learned it took me forever to realise that they just want me to be myself and I don't have to be this you know, oh, hello, please, uh, yes, and, you know, be this innocent graduate that I was. But, you know, there's more to it than that. They really want to see who you are, whatever that may be. So I, I really like the idea of that panic button, but maybe if it was just a case of if you know that something's not going right in the room and you've absolutely fluffed it and you would, you would just love to start again, and, like, from your point of view, this isn't really representing me, I could do so much better than this, push a button, and then they'd be like, they could either go yay or nay. A reset button. Fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, please, if I could do it again. Oh. If you crack on a note and you go, no, 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 that's not right. That's just the the dry air or something affecting you. I know I can do that. Let me do it again. Yeah, basically, I just want an opportunity for me to laugh with them, to have, to, to like you said, break that barrier. Because then once you have that laugh, I mean, half the, most people that go into an audition room, I bet don't even have a, like, they don't even laugh. They just sing it. They go, thank you very much. And then they leave. Whereas if you go wrong, laugh about it. And then you'll feel instantly better. The pressure's off. We're real people. Auditionees are real Mm. people. As are everyone sitting the other side of the desk. Exactly. So as long as everyone goes in with that mindset, then hopefully it'll be something that happens nice and naturally after, quotes, all of this. Uh, Is that everyone remembers... Everyone's human. Exactly. And I think if you're lucky enough to get the job, in the rehearsal room, it's going to go wrong and you'll laugh and you, you push through. So yeah. why should an audition be any different? Like, I think there's this thing 
this pressure of having to be perfect and that's you know it took me forever to realize that it's not that it's just you doing it and seeing if they can work with it you know it doesn't have to be a, a finished product what are rehearsals if not four weeks of just getting it wrong every day exactly well exactly. i mean with a, a coffee in your hands yeah with a coffee and a pastry and then just going oh she's she's not aged well it's fine <laughs> She doesn't look like the headshot. <laughs> She's got that filter on again. <laughs> oh, yeah, me. No, not you. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it. That was this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You with Corinne Priest from Les Miserables. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. It's been a long week, guys. It's been a really hard, long week. <laughs> Hopefully, if this was your first time listening to our show, you had a right laugh. And you will now go and listen to the other 29 episodes with guests from the world of the West End, Broadway, internet, YouTube fame, comedians, TV, and even, even more casting directors, too. Which is always really interesting when they tell us their stories. But we have episodes with... Kaylee McKnight, David Hunter, Christina Bianco, Ori Styler, Jess Robinson, Emily Fleming. We have Thomas Mitchells. We have so many more people to discover. There'll be people you might recognize, people you may not recognize. And then you hear their voice and their stories and you go, oh, it's that person. It's such a great show to make. Please tell your friends all about it. And if you know theatre people that are looking for something to devour during this enforced further lockdown here, at least in the UK, then please tell them about our show. We're on socials. Don't call us pod on Instagram, TikTok and you know, what's the other one? Twitter. I said we will be on YouTube at some point. I promise you. When we get to do our live shows, they'll be on YouTube. I promise. But for now, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you get in touch with the show. If you can and you would like to leave us a five-star review, then it really helps us be found by new people. Uh, and we're going to post a link to a lot of Corinne's stuff in the episode description. So if you'd like to find out a lot more about her social media links and a few things she's been involved with are going to be in the episode description. She's an absolute gem. Please support her. Share her content. And generally, go and tell her how much of a wonderful episode this was. We will see you next week for another episode of the show. And rumour has it, if you are a fan of Phantom of the Opera, you will want to listen to the show next week. Have a good week. Stay safe. Make sure you wash your hands, wear your mask, stay indoors when you can. And remember to tell your friends about the show. Don't call us. We'll call you. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. If you'd like to support the show and help us reach more people, you can leave us a review on the Apple Podcast Store. Five stars and some comments genuinely really helps us be found by new people. Otherwise, please share the show on Twitter or Instagram and tell your friends to listen. That's an absolutely free way to do it. If you'd like to buy us a coffee and help a financial contribution, then you can do so by visiting ko-fi.com forward slash don't call us pod. There's no pressure. You don't have to. But people asked how they could. So we gave you away. Find us, say hello, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully make you laugh more.